Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is from our Old Testament lesson, 1 Kings chapter 8, especially verse 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. This is our text. You may be seated. Where is God? And don't worry, he's not lost. But have you ever been to a place where it's really easy to answer that question? A place where you can just sense God's power, his presence, maybe a place that gives you this great sense of awe. Now, I've had the privilege of experiencing a few of these places, two of them that I'd like to share with you from Germany back in 2012 when I went there with the Concordia and Arbor Choir. The first is an absolutely enormous Lutheran cathedral in Berlin. Now, I know the words Lutheran and cathedral don't generally go together, but this was majestic, and it was just as beautiful on the outside as it was on the inside. Tons of ornate, intricate details, and standing in that enormous dome made you feel awfully small. Now, the second in Dresden is called the Frauenkirche. It's the Church of Our Lady, also Lutheran. Not quite as big as the first, but still pretty big, still pretty detailed. And to top it off, there was even a statue of our very own Martin Luther outside. The third I'd like to share with you is one that I'm willing to bet every single one of you sitting here this morning has seen at least once in your life, a church that like the others, is designed to be majestic, to help you see the greatness of God. There's one last one I'd like to share with you, and I confess this isn't one that I've actually seen or been to, but I've read about it, I've heard about it, and it sounds pretty great. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It has bronze pillars, decorations made of solid gold, gold lampstands, gold tables, gold basins, things covered in gold leaf, On top of that, it's made of the finest cedar with accents of silver, flawless iron, onyx, and other precious gemstones, the highest quality marble you could imagine. And to get into this place, you first need to go through enormous bronze-covered doors. Maybe by now you've figured out that the place that I'm talking about is none other than Solomon's Temple. This was the first actual permanent building that wasn't a movable tent that was built for God to dwell in. King Solomon, David's son, was given permission to build this temple, this house of God, and the plans for this structure were extraordinary. Now, Sadly, today we don't have any actual pictures of the temple, but plenty of artists have tried to recreate what it may have looked like. And that brings us to our text for today from 1 Kings chapter 8. This is a prayer that comes right after the building of the temple, a prayer of dedication that Solomon is praying to God for God's house, the place where God has promised to dwell, to live among his people. And so for the Israelites, the answer to the question, where is God, is fairly simply, God's in his temple. He's right where he said he would be. And he did indeed say he would be there, as our text reminds us in verse 29. God says, my name shall be there. 
but can you really contain God? When God chose to dwell in his temple, in this one building, did that mean that he wasn't everywhere else? Well, of course not. You know this, and Solomon knew this as well. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built? See, because the world doesn't, can't really hold God. In fact, quite the opposite as the old song goes. He's got the whole world in his hands. God holds the world, the entire universe in his hands. So no building, no matter how big, ornate, no matter how beautiful, can contain God. And Solomon knew that the temple couldn't contain him. But God could still be found there. But now the temple has been long since destroyed. God's house has been torn down. So where is God? I have some bad news for you. But I also have some very good news for you. But if you're anything like me, you'd rather have the bad news first. So let's get that out of the way. God never specifically promised to dwell in this building. You cannot find a verse anywhere in Scripture that says, My name shall be on St. Lawrence. It's just not in there. As beautiful and majestic as our sanctuary is, as beautiful and majestic as those first two churches I showed you are, when it all comes down to it, they're really just buildings. And a building is just a building. It's nothing more than a structure made out of wood, stone, metal. No matter how pretty it might be, it's still a building. In fact, the two German churches that I shared with you were horribly damaged during bombings in World War II. And one was actually even just about completely demolished. Because a building can be torn down, broken, destroyed. A building is just a building. And that's the bad news. Now let me continue by saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with big, beautiful buildings and majestic sanctuaries. But if you are only expecting to find God in the big and beautiful, in the ornate and embellished, then you're looking in the wrong places. So here's the good news. God doesn't just choose the big and beautiful, ornate and embellished to make his home. I'm sure at one point and another during your lives, you've noticed that this world really isn't that pretty of a place. It's sin-filled, it's corrupt, it's filthy, it's ugly, it's really the most opposite of any sort of godly beauty that you can get. And on top of that, in the grand scheme of things, a single human being is fairly insignificant, pretty small, and compared to the rest of heaven and earth, the entire universe, there's really not much to us. But neither of these small, ugly, corrupt things stopped God himself from choosing to dwell among his people on earth as one of his own creation. And that's why we celebrate at Christmas. Heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain God, but that didn't stop him from choosing this small world as his home for a little over 30 years. 
Now, Jesus didn't just dwell here as God, not just God in the temple, God on high, powerful God, but he became a man. He was human. He was present among his people. He lived, ate, walked, breathed, slept, spoke like one of us. Jesus is very much true God, but he is also very much true man. He is God with us. He is God one of us, Emmanuel. Just like Solomon's temple, God put his name on earth through the very word of God, through his son, Jesus Christ, the new temple, God's new presence on earth. And it wasn't too long ago that we celebrated ascension, 40 days after Jesus' resurrection, when he left the earth to take his rightful place at the right hand of God. But Jesus didn't stop being Emmanuel. He didn't stop being God with us, even though the disciples couldn't physically see him with them anymore. Jesus promised to his disciples and to all of us today, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, as great as that news is, I do have even better news for you. You know that God doesn't just choose the big and beautiful, ornate and embellished to make his home. God lived on this earth as a man, as Jesus, but it didn't simply end with ascension and a promise of presence. Now, I have a confession to make, as if you didn't know this already. On my own, I am not big or beautiful, ornate or embellished. Because of my sin, my heart has been made dirty, muddy, filthy, corrupt in God's eyes. In fact, that fairly well describes all of humanity. Now, I promise this is good news. Through baptism, we have been given a beautiful, beautiful gift. God has put his name on us. In baptism, God looks at our dirty, filthy souls and says, my name shall be there. And we are baptized in God's name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the water of baptism on its own is nothing special. It's just water. It's the same, same stuff you drink from your sink. But with God's word, with God's power, with his promise, we are washed clean. We are forgiven, and God the Holy Spirit chooses our hearts to be his home. Jesus himself tells us this in John 14, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Our hearts are God's temple. God makes our heart his dwelling place. Now, Jesus may have ascended into heaven, but we do still see him. We do still interact with him every time we participate in Holy Communion. On its own, the bread and wine are nothing special. It's just bread and wine. But with God's word, with God's power, and with Jesus' words, this is my body, this is my blood, Jesus is still present among us. He still gives us forgiveness of sins and strengthens our faith by his continued work. So by now, you might see where I'm going with this. By itself, a church building is nothing special because a building is just a building. But where God's word is taught to his people, where God is worshipped, where holy communion and holy baptism are celebrated, God can be found 
there. Whether it's a big and beautiful sanctuary, a school gym, a field outside, even a hotel conference room, all can be places of worship and a place where God can be found. In church, God can be found here. God's name and God's word is enough to give us the assurance of his presence. Now, we can't physically see the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts. We can't physically see Jesus with us as he said he would. But God's promises are enough to assure us that he is there and that he has chosen to dwell with us. I'd like to close with a short little story about my little brother. Maybe a story that some of you with younger kids can identify with. Many years ago, when I was still living at home, we were eating spaghetti one night for dinner. And naturally, when you have spaghetti noodles and red sauce, you have to have Parmesan cheese to go on top of it. Of course. And after a while, my little brother's Parmesan cheese got all mixed in with the noodles and the sauce, and he couldn't see it anymore. So, to a young child, when you can't see it, it's pretty much gone. So, as little kids do, he started to complain and throw a little fit, saying that he needed more cheese. To which my mom calmly and wisely replied, It's in there, really. You just can't see it. It's like Jesus. Now, obviously, having Jesus in our lives is a little bit better than having Parmesan cheese. But the point is still the same. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean you can't feel its effects. You don't experience the benefits of it. Jesus is among us. He is here with his people. He has washed our hearts clean and has chosen to dwell with us, and he still gives us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. So, where is God? God is here. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.